0: Well, I woke up this morning and decided it was Feminine Friday, so we are spending the show talking to a woman who epitomizes the word and is doing her best to preserve what women have built. I'm talking about Riley Gaines, and we will get to know her like never before. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, friends. Time for Outkick the Morning with me Charlie Arnold happy Friday to each and every one of you Uh, as much as I champion all the great men out there on the show toxic masculinity toxic in parentheses of course uh, or or air quotes rather for the win uh, I also love to put real women on a pedestal so I was thinking who embraces what it means to be a woman in the most feminine aspects of it and naturally I fell upon the woman who is by far the loudest voice in the world to fight to save women's sports and so without further ado Let's go ahead and bring in Miss Riley Gaines.
1: It's good to see you. Riley, hi. I
0: felt like Vanna White just now. I just felt, (laughs) I like rolled out the red carpet for you. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, We've had a chance, obviously, in the past to have some conversations on multiple occasions, but you always blow me. (laughs) Riley, that you are 23 years old. A lot of well, people just um, by based on what you've done in the last few months alone would think that you're much older. You're 23 years old.
1: I certainly feel older than 23 now. Um this past, you know, year and a half when all of this happened in regards to the Leah Thomas stuff, I was 21. Um but I've certainly I've had to mature, I've had to grow wiser, I've had to understand the the words that I use and the weight that they have and so I've had to be super careful with the language I even use. Um, because I think all of that's really important. And of course I've grown in my faith so much this past year and a half as well. So, um, I'm about to actually next week is my half birthday. So I'm about to be 23 and a half if that counts for anything.
0: (laughs) Oh, it, it does count for something. Everything counts for something in your life right now. Uh, but looking at your life the past year and a half, especially, I mean, what a whirlwind it's been for you. I mean, probably the ultimate roller coaster, something you never would have predicted. How would you if you were able to sum it up right now which i don't even know if know if it's possible how would you describe your life right now
1: crazy hectic chaotic um there's a (laughs) lot going on so like this week alone i went to um penn state university on tuesday on wednesday i spoke at baylor Um, last night i spoke at university of texas dallas um, all because I'm really trying to engage people my age. Tonight I'm going to Arkansas, so, so certainly making the rounds. Um, there's a lot going on, but by no means do I feel burnt out. Um, and I'll tell you why. It's because every time I sit in front of, especially a group of young people, um, again, Gen Zers, the ones who are told are going to ruin this country, every time I sit in front of a group uh, my age. I feel so inspired. I feel so revitalized because there are so many kids there who are hungry for the truth, Um, and and that inspires me. It keeps me going. It keeps me from feeling as if I'm sick of saying the same thing over and
0: over and over again. Yeah, but you have to because that's what it takes to hopefully get people to listen the way that they should be. I mean, this it baffles me because it's constant. This constantly, the fact that men should not be playing in women's sports is is constantly described, especially by our government as a complicated issue. We know it's not that. Uh, But Riley, we're so thankful that you're doing what you're doing, but this is not a position that taking you back to your graduation or when you were standing on the podium next to Leah Thomas, before that moment, probably never would have crossed your mind that you would be here doing what you're doing right now. Because actually, you. you know what they say about the best laid plans... You, you were supposed to go to dental school. That was your dream.
1: Yeah, that was. Um, upon graduating college, I had taken the DAT, which is this miserable, like, four-and-a-half-hour-long test to get into dental school. Uh, believe it or not, covers biology and chemistry and organic chemistry and math and science and reading and all the things. Um, and I had taken this test, and I scored in the top percentile um, in the nation, um, got into several dental schools. I had put my deposit down. Um, accepted my seat. Actually, what I wanted to pursue was endodontics, weirdly enough, which is root canals. Um, That's what I (laughs) wanted to do. Uh, But I I realized the quickest way to make God laugh in your face is to make plans for yourself because he very clearly had different plans for me. Um, And who am I to not fulfill his calling for me? Um, And I kind of justify where I'm at now because being an athlete, like I hate not feeling like I didn't accomplish my goal. And I felt like dental school was my goal. And so I'm I'm trying to think of all these ways to justify this. And so in my head, I've justified this. Um, I've justified God's calling by saying, I'm I'm basically still working on getting to the root of the problem coming out of people's mouths. Uh, Therefore, I'm still basically doing a root canal. (laughs) And
0: it's probably more painful than one. So... (laughs) Uh, uh, definitely more painful. Uh, But it's interesting just to look at the dynamic of your life and the people that are involved in it who probably have been standing by your side before you took on this very prominent cause, including your husband. I mean, how did he react when, you know, in his mind, because you two met in college, correct? We
1: did. Yeah. Um... Okay. It's so, funny so, so you because- meet in college.
0: He thinks he thinks that okay, I'm going to be you know eventually married to this dentist. And now he's married to one of the m- most well known activists in the world.
1: So it's so funny, and a lot of people don't know this, but the he proposed to me the day after Leah Thomas and I had race and tied, and all of this happened. Okay, he clearly had no idea what he was getting himself into. Um, so proposed to me. We were married <laughs> just a few months later. We we had a very short engagement. Um, and yeah, there's, there's no way he knew what he was getting himself into. Um, but I am so very fortunate. Um, he's my rock. He's someone that of course I can go to outside of all of the craziness of, of what's going on here. Um, so I'm very fortunate. Uh, he's actually from England. So when he even came over to the U S he came over to us to swim. He swam at Kentucky as well, which is of course how we met. And so when he came over to the U.S., of course, politics in England, it's not the same as here. They have a left and they have a right, but it's not nearly as divisive, I guess, as our Republican and Democrat. Uh, they have a lot more gray area over, mm-hmm. over there. And so when he came over here in 2018, he was so shocked. He was like, oh, my gosh, like this is like a totally different landscape than what I'm used to. And now I take so much pride because he's a full fledged conservative. He carries his gun everywhere, which I know I'm not. Hell supposed yeah. To. Uh, you're not supposed to to tell when you're carrying a gun, but he carries his gun everywhere. Um, he wears cowboy boots. He drives a big F350. He hunts. Uh, he's adapted to this southern lifestyle. Of course, I'm from. I live in Nashville, uh, and he just loves it here. And so, I'm I'm very fortunate for him, um, for our relationship, for how he pushes me to grow as a Christian, as a person. So um, that's and all of the whirlwind of this craziness. Um, that's certainly he is in all of my ups. So.
0: So does your husband travel with you to these various speaking events? Or where are you right now? Right now, I'm in Dallas. Um, I spoke okay. at
1: the Texas Federation of Republican Women yesterday, really trying to amp up these fed up Texas ladies. Uh, because what I've noticed is is in conservative states, uh, these people think, oh, it's not happening here. This craziness isn't happening happening here. Yes, it is. It is happening here. Um, yeah. Don't be naive to the fact that it is. And so talk to these women and then spoke at UT Dallas last night. And so headed to Arkansas today. But yes, my husband, um, he does get to travel with me sometimes. Uh, he came to Penn State with me this week. Um, so whenever he can get off work and whenever I, uh, he doesn't have to watch the dogs, <laughs> he comes with me.
0: Uh, dog babysitting or being a dog daddy is a very important role. Uh, but since you mentioned... Penn State, uh, let's, let's visit that topic, because earlier this week was deemed Real Women's Day, which who knew that in 2023 we were going to need a day designated for real women, but that's where we find ourselves, uh, to no surprise, especially yours. What goes through your mind? Because you already know what's going to happen when you get into a college campus, especially one that's more left-leaning. You know you're going to be met with protesters— you know that people are going to be screaming in your face and trying to push you out. What mindset do you have to adopt when going into these, I guess you'd call them hostile environments? Well,
1: one, I'm not scared. Um, I'm just not. I'm not scared of the people who hold posters or who scream at me or, or, or spit or any of those things. They don't scare me. They just, of course, they're unhinged. And I, I do believe there are some protesters out there who have been to my events and different things who are crazy, Um, But it it just doesn't scare me. It doesn't deter me. It makes me only want to talk louder when I see them. Um, What's going through my mind, why I feel it's necessary, is that there are people on that campus, like I said, who really do want to hear common sense. They want to hear logic. They want to hear reasoning and science and truth. And they're being denied that. Um, And so I think that those are the, the victims. Those are the real victims of the suppression mm-hmm. of freedom of speech, it's not me who the Penn State University canceled um, my speech several times. It's not me who's being denied um, what that the, the benefits of that. It's the people who don't get to hear it. That's who who's being denied um, the value yeah. of, freedom of speech. And so um, I went there. Uh, of course, there was a lot of protesters and some of them you have to realize are a lost cause in terms of recruiting them over to our side and understanding because they're not even willing to listen. And that's what we saw at Penn State. Right. Uh, these people weren't willing to even ask questions. I gave them the opportunity to ask a question. You, know, Is there anything you want to ask? No, they just kept chanting, can't swim, can't swim, which I just think is hilarious. I, I,
0: I, I have to bring that up because what is what What kind of a, a thing to shout? You were a, a champion swimmer, right? This, you were at the most elite level that you get without, I guess, going to the Olympics. Uh, what kind of an insult is Riley can't swim? Like, do they hear themselves and how dumb they sound?
1: <laughs> a
0: stupid insult.
1: And that's why I say it doesn't bother me. Um, And that's at first when I started speaking out, and if this can be encouragement to anyone, I hope it is. At first, when I started speaking out, those things weighed on me pretty heavy. But once you notice the common theme and that it's merely just name calling, it's people calling you, you know, you know, they'll say my hair is extensions. Okay, this is my real hair. That's stupid. They'll say I'm ugly. They'll say uh, maybe you should have just trained harder. They'll say you're transphobic, all these names. Then, like I said, at first, it stuck. But once you can notice the theme, they can't dissuade from your argument using facts, using, again, common sense, logic, reasoning, science, what happened to follow the science. Uh, and when they can't dissuade from your argument using those things, they resort to name calling, which, again, is what we do in fourth grade. Um, it just doesn't hurt my feelings. And so hopefully um, people can find their own voice and they'll be able to notice that exact same trend as well.
0: So I love that you have so much bravery heading into these environments, but there are people like we just saw in that video who take it past just name-calling and shouting stupid insults. They actually try to get physical, and I have to imagine that there are situations where it's not even a planned speaking event where maybe you're walking around the city that you're visiting for the speaking engagement or maybe walking around—I mean, I would hope this kind of stuff doesn't happen in in Nashville where you live now, but do you ever— get a little scared that something could happen. I know you have your husband with you sometimes, but, and you have law enforcement obviously on your side and security and the various people that are hired to do their jobs to protect you. But do you ever get a little scared?
1: Yeah. I mean, especially at San Francisco, um, I feared for my life really in those moments because of how disorienting it was, um, of how the police Mm -hmm. did nothing. I mean, the police did nothing. The police were being held for ransom with me. They're in the room. I'm like, uh can't you like do something like isn't this your job to get us out because i'm pretty sure i'm being held against my will and i'm pretty sure that's called kidnapping so like can't you do something then they told me that they couldn't do anything because they were too scared because they didn't want to lose their jobs and they would be seen as something other than an ally to that community the same community who's because oh, this, this, this this door, is this is where we're at the same community who's on the other side of this door calling them racist pigs For protecting a white girl like me i mean it's ridiculous and so in those moments or i guess really hours they held me for four hours in those hours um listening to what they were chanting what they wanted to do to me how they were going to to injure me and kill me and hurt me and all those different things um i did fear for for my life but uh truthfully their punches don't hurt that bad (laughs) which is pretty telling um men in dresses i'm sorry your punches just don't (laughs) hurt um And so, again, I I put a lot of I I pray every single night for strength and direction and wisdom and for a a hedge of protection. Um, And I certainly feel those things around me. Um, And so I kind of, again, give it to God. Of course, I understand security is necessary and I I respect all all law enforcement. And those are the people who are brave, not me for saying men are men and women are women and you can't change your sex. No, it's those people who are who are truly brave and putting their lives on the line. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel as if um, I feel a hedge of protection around me. So.
0: So when you go to these campuses or different locations and you have to have security, it's obviously a must at this point. Do, is that something that you have to provide and pay for or is that provided by whoever is is having you come on to speak?
1: Most universities will charge me for security um, if, if we request um police force or, or campus police there. Uh, so University of New Mexico, where I went this week. Um, and if you can remember, Tommy went there a few years back. Um and she was bet with ambush, fire alarms, and different things pulled. Um, and so the security or the police force there, uh they put 45 officers on me and charged me 10 grand oh for security. Um so it's it's something, it's a cost that I have to cover. Um, but again, I, I feel as if it's necessary when you are understanding what's at stake um, and who you're fighting for, who you're talking to. Um, so, yeah, Penn State charge for security. It, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Riley, I just have we just have to put this into perspective. You are a 23 year old girl. Who is a champion swimmer. In college. All you're saying is men don't belong in women's sports, yet you need 45 officers to protect you when you go to a college campus. This doesn't add up to me.
1: No, I don't think this would add up to anyone who has any amount of brain activity. I mean, it's utter nonsense. I'll read you this email from from a professor from Penn State uh, before my speech yesterday. And, And this just to give insight on how crazy we've gotten okay it says um her name is professor debbie brooks okay she's a special education professor at penn state this is the email she said she says our recognized student organization turning point usa at penn state is holding a free speech event today the student group confirmed this morning that riley gaines is attending and a quick wiki search will tell you that riley gaines is a former athlete who is simply anti-trans Dignity Day is planned for today as a university and community-wide celebration of dignity and this seems like a great way to counter the hateful messages espoused by Miss Gaines while not providing her any more attention and exposure to such messages. Then goes on to say, I recognize that some folks might not feel comfortable being on campus while these events are taking place and for that reason, we will have a liberal leave policy for class to for class today. She canceled class because I was merely in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, that is so (laughs) crazy. And if you think about this, that's the direction that universities and colleges are going. Uh, And that's why girls, uh, I guess people, students, athletes, people my age, college students, that's why we're scared. Okay. That's why it feels as if I've been a lone voice and a lone face fighting for this. It's because people, students get those messages. And they're terrified to speak out against authority figures. Um, I even had a reporter, um, a photographer at the event who afterwards sent me a picture. She she messaged me on Instagram and she was like, oh my gosh, I took this photo of
0: you at the event today. And so she sent me the picture and I responded back. Oh, this is Just so cute. Like, I, I, I'm imagining the photo. I'm imagining the photo before you even show me. And I'm laughing in my mind because I can only imagine. Let's see
1: if, I don't know if this this, I probably should have sent it to you first. It's a, of course the trans I'm gonna say men's rights activists I don't even think they're trans rights activists um it says trans women rock what does the sign the say says cutting off your does or cutting off your doesn't make you a woman it just makes you bleepless. <laughs> um so, but she sent me this photo and she said this is true you know she said I wanted you to have this thank you for coming I said oh my gosh this is great like do you care if I post this to my social media and she said Yes you can but please don't tag me in anything because I could lose my future job mm. sucks being a republican journalist it just shows you that people outside of just female athletes of course are silenced um in academia and yeah. the media and corporate america and churches even i mean it's crazy the silencing and really the emotional blackmail that's that's plaguing this mm-hmm. country to control what people say to control how people think to control Um, how we feel. I mean, it's really Orwellian, if you think about it. And that's the broader picture of why I care so much. Um, That's the premise of this. We're denying objective truth. And that's a pretty scary thought. You look at any civilization that's done that in the past and see how they turn out. Talk to someone from North Korea or China or Germany or Russia or Cuba or Venezuela and see what they say about our nation and how it's a slippery slope.
0: Well, I think just the story uh, that you were just telling about the professor that allowed her class to not show up because you were purely in the state just shows the generation that we're fostering—spineless, weak, not paying attention to logic, facts, science. Uh, it's it's really sad, and I think that young people are being encouraged not to try to make up their own decisions. They're just listening to others. And like you said, being encouraged to stay silent, emotional blackmail, it's horrible. Uh, You have been so courageous every step of the way. And I I know that maybe in the beginning you had like a, a little bit of a, do I take this leap? Because you knew once you put yourself out there, there was no going back. I know Paula, uh, who's who's now a close friend of yours and someone that I've had also several conversations with same thing you know once you take the leap that's it like this is the path you were forging for yourself I have so much respect for it but I know there's a lot of people who probably don't feel the same way was there anyone who were, you were super close to whether it was in college or from childhood that you felt like especially at this time would stand by you and yet they have completely turned their backs
1: in terms of my friends and family, really, no, um, I'm very fortunate that the people around me, even if they don't agree with me, um, they know my heart, right? They know I have a heart of service. They know I'm very active in my community. They know they know I'm, I'm not a hateful person. And so I think because they know me, uh, they can at least, even while maybe not necessarily agreeing with me, they can at least understand the reasons and intentions behind Uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing. But in terms of people I've looked up to, who I thought would stand next to me in this battle, people I've looked up to my whole life, of course there are. I have been utterly unimpressed with the amount of prominent female figures in particular. I think, of course, there are some male figures I could think of, but female figures, female athletes in particular, who I thought would have taken a stand to defend women's sports, because it's given them the platform and the opportunities and the life really that they have who have failed miserably. Um, and for that, I think they're a sellout. Um, I've changed my perspective on, again, a lot of people can, that I can you can you to. be
0: more specific? Can you be more specific about who those athletes are? Like, is there anyone that you have in mind that you would want to call out to, you know, have Absolutely. them join you in this fight? Yeah, no,
1: no. And, and I did this on Twitter a few months back. Um because I had the same thought process, why aren't these women with platforms with influence who I know know this is wrong, several of them messaging me privately, of course, why aren't they taking a stand? um the Williams sisters, if I mean this is the most crazy thing to me because back in twenty thirteen, I bet they never would have thought this would be controversial to say, uh they admitted that
0: men and women's tennis is a
1: totally different sport. And Serena admitted I, Of course, that she and you said and you
0: said that when you were in on on, on the Congress floor, right? When you were uh, speaking up to the politicians, and, and they were trying to present things that weren't factual, and then you had the best mic drop moment. That I remember that, uh, but keep going. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Um, someone even like Ronda Rousey, right? I looked at her bef- when I got into this, involved in this. I thought, oh, she'll be a great ally, and she'll of course stand beside mm-hmm. me. And I looked at her and I I thought that that's what I thought. Um, Coward, cowardly. I have some some inside intel there of how she's terrified of this conversation, although she agrees she doesn't want to touch it, Um, which just blows my mind. Yet you have someone like Lance Armstrong, who was openly cheated, right, Um, using testosterone and different things and and the blood doping and and different means of performance enhancing drugs. Um, And he's even taken a stance against this nonsense yet someone like these prominent female figures won't even do it. Um, and I could go on well, and, and let's on. Don't even get
0: me started on Megan Rapino. Um, I could go oh, on well, and don't... on. Please, but... please don't get me started on Megan Rapino. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could just use the rest of this show to like totally dog on what Megan Rapino has done for women. Um, she claims to be a trailblazer. For... Well, she really has been a trailblazer for women's sports in terms of, Fighting for equal yeah. pay and equal access and all of those different things, but she's actively undermining everything that she fought for by now um fighting for male inclusion in women's sports and women's spaces. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 in the name of feminism, she's being the ultimate misogynist.
0: Yeah, and you know what I just have to say about, for example, Serena Williams. Um it is so hypocritical, especially of her not to say anything because yeah, she is I guess, considered still up to this point, the greatest or at least one of the greatest tennis players in the world. But we also know that she has a bit of a shady history in the sport at dodging uh, the testing designations. Uh, there's a chance. I won't say she was taking performance enhancing drugs, but I think that it's fair to say that there is a good probability she was taking performance-enhancing drugs, and for her, especially, to realize, you know, even as a woman, you still have—if you—if she did still have to take those drugs to to get to the level she's at, uh, what it would mean for her to be competing against a man—it's just—it's just people like this, especially. It's like the people that you're talking about—that that that know exactly what this means. They understand. What's at stake here? They understand uh, what women are capable of, just at their core, without any assistance, uh, and yet they still refuse to stand up and, and, and join your side and in the fight to preserve what women have built for decades now.
1: Absolutely, um, and I, like I said, I, I don't think this battle should fall entirely on the shoulders of girls and women. We do need men. Um, I love, I love how you, um, you, in the name of toxic masculinity. You mentioned how it's needed, and it's so necessary. We do need strong men, of course, men who can uphold and respect and honor women. Uh, but we need men to be strong. We need we need men who can fulfill their biblical role of really protecting and providing. And so I, I hear all the time people say to me, "Oh well, why don't you guys just boycott? Uh, why don't you just not race?" Which, in theory, yes, that would work, and it's perfect, and I think that's what's what needs to happen. Um, why don't we get male athletes? to boycott too. Why don't we call
0: on them? Uh, because we need them. Well, why should, yeah, why should women have to boycott? Why should women who have been training and who have gotten themselves to maybe the college level or maybe not even, maybe they're still in high school, maybe they're in middle school, who knows, but this is their dream. This is what their passion is. They love to swim. Why should they be the ones that have to boycott? This doesn't make any sense that they should have to give up their dreams and passions in order to take a stand and keep two genders separate from competing, that in the first place, we're not meant to compete against each other. That's why Title IX was created in the first place. Are we forgetting all of these things?
1: Yes, we are. Um, and I thought that, too. I thought, when, of course, when I was faced with it, I didn't, I mean, I still competed because I thought to myself, you know, I, I shouldn't have to compromise anything. It was my last meet of my 18-year career. Uh, there was no way I wasn't getting on the block. Um, but mm-hmm. now, as I see this continue to happen and I learn of more stories and people I mean, I get them. People message me daily, multiple messages a day talking about this happening to them, reminding me that my experience is not unique. Um, as I see this continue to happen, I, I do think a boycott would be effective. It would just we we have to be willing to make sacrifices. We have to be willing to take those risks um, because, of course, legislation is ultimately how this is going to be curbed and how policies are going to be made. Um, But too many girls are going to be injured. Too many girls are going to be exploited in locker rooms. Too many girls are going to lose out on opportunities in the meantime, if we don't do this faster. Um, So I think a boycott would be effective. Uh, You know, the optics of it, you have a man running or, or swimming or whatever sport it might be and the girls not Um, they'd be saving a lot of girls in the process, which I want to mention. Those girls at Roanoke College recently, um, they did just that pretty Amazing. much. Um, they stood up all together, all 17 of the girls on the team, and they said no. And guess what? It, wor- it worked immediately. Uh, the boy quit the team. There's a lot of pressure on the university yeah. the coaches and the athletic directors and even the state of Virginia, which I went to last year to testify in, um, on behalf of their Fairness and Women's Sports Bill, to which they told me this isn't a problem here. Why would we create a solution? But now, of course, we've seen these girls be affected by this. And so I guess, you know, the question is, how many girls, what's the magic number? How many girls have to be hurt or again, injured or lose out before this matters? And those Roanoke girls, um, they took a strong stand and they're going to be helping other girls in the state of Virginia and really nationwide from their stance that they've taken. And so it just shows you um, how taking a stand is effective and how courage begets courage. And of course, how their strength in numbers.
0: So I know you have a very, very busy, you know, you have people coming at you from every direction. You have people reaching out to you over the phone. You have people you're seeing in public. You have social media. How do you absorb all of the information you're getting at once? Do you, Are you in charge of handling all of your own communications? Uh uh speaking engagement, booking, social media, like how does that work? Because I, I can't even imagine, like even for me, I don't have nearly as much going on as you and I get overwhelmed sometimes. So how do you make sure to stay organized and make sure that you're prioritizing the right things every day? And getting all it's, the information at the same time and making sure you're keeping it in an organized fashion.
1: Yeah, no, it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um but yeah I, I do all my own stuff. I run all my own stuff. Um running social media. Oh my gosh. It's like a full-time job. I don't think people understand. You tweet Um,
0: every, every, all the tweets that come, all the tweets that come out are from you. They're not, they're not somebody helping you. You're, you're writing at them all. You're sending them out. It's all you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's all me. And I have people all the time tell me, you know, Riley's not even writing these tweets. This isn't really her. Uh, yes, it is. (laughs) I wish it wasn't me. Um, but it certainly is me. Um, because again, I feel so particular about the language that I use, I won't even use the term trans woman. Um, I, I won't say, I mean, there's certain things that I won't say, and I don't trust someone else to not say those things. And so, um, I have to be very particular, um, overanalyze things, which is certainly frustrating and annoying. And I want to like, not be that way. But I, again, I think it's important because in the position that we're in Charlie, you and myself, people are looking for us to mess up, they are looking for us to say one thing wrong, and it's so easy to lose credibility. Uh, but it's really hard to build your reputation back up, and so um, I, I take that very seriously—the words that I use and the things that I say. So yeah, it's it's me running a lot of this, um, but it is really hard to sift through the different messages and different things. Um, and like I said, it's daily. I can read you a message—the messages I got just yesterday, which I have screenshotted, to which I need to go back and kind of. Um, sift through and and help figure out, um and like I said, it's literally daily this happens um so this is from um a young girl. It says I'm a senior in high school in Maine. I've come across a problem similar to what happened to you. I've been running since sophomore year and have fallen in love with running, and out of nowhere this year, there's a male runner that has transitioned and is now running with me at our regional meet. His time is eighteen minutes, something, and mine is low twenties. I don't know what to do. I would just like for things to be fair. Mm-hmm. I got another one that says I'm a mom of two daughters who play sports. And yesterday this happened and I'm so shocked. Do you have a recommendation for a committee or organization in California that's doing any- anything to save girls sports? And then sent me a picture of her daughter playing a male and said, he played against my daughter. She beat him, but that doesn't make this any better. It's just so wrong. I got this one no. yesterday. It says, hi, I'm a dad of a stepdaughter who's a senior at a school in Germantown, Tennessee. And the school has now a lot of boy who identifies as a woman, to not only use the girls' locker rooms and bathrooms, but has now bumped several girls off the homecoming court to allow this boy to run for homecoming queen. Uh, blah blah blah. I mean, it's every single day. Well, and, so and also, and also, let's through. not forget
0: Dylan Mulvaney just won. Dylan Mulvaney just won Woman of the Year.
1: I, I mean, I, I there are nearly
0: four billion four billion women in this world, and they they of all of all the women, we're not good enough apparently. They need to name a man to be the woman of the year. I mean, that's just—I don't understand. It's—it's uh, it's insulting, and it doesn't make sense. How did? How? How is this possible?
1: <laughs> Even Miss USA, they have Finland and Netherlands are both men. These are two out of what, however many countries there are. Um, that's a lot larger of statistic of how many males who identify as women are really even in society and it didn't it wouldn't matter either way because men are not women and so giving those opportunities for women to men um i mean it's just sending a message to every woman and and the message that it's sending is that we don't matter is that our privacy our safety our equal opportunities that doesn't matter what matters to um the people selecting the (sighs) nominees and the winners of this award and the authority figures and the policies in the Biden administration, the people in the White House, what matters to them is protecting the feelings and the identity of a male at all costs. And that is, yeah. I mean, I don't know how any traditional feminist could see that and not understand how deeply misogynistic and regressive that is. It's It's—it's the most ironic and contradictory wave of feminism, all fourth wave feminism, where we think men make the best women. And it's women fighting for this. I mean, it it, it just is... Yeah. Um, that's the message that I know both you and myself are trying to communicate is look at this for what it is. Um, These are not women. And I think we'll look back on this in 10 years. I I don't know what the shelf life shelf life is, but I think we'll look back on this. Um, And I think those same people fighting for this um, will be looked at as, as, as crazy. Um, I really do.
0: Yeah. I think the women that are, touting this and pushing this ideology uh, need to take a a cold, hard look in the mirror and really ask themselves what they're trying to prove here. Uh, Because if you are truly a feminist and want the the most and the best for women, uh, they're doing quite the opposite of that. But Riley, uh, we only have a couple more minutes. So I just wanna get a couple little quick tidbits about you because I know we just mentioned you have so much going on. Uh, It consumes your life, but there has to be some me time as well. So what do you like to do in your spare time and and what are your favorite hobbies right now? So um, hunting season is coming up and I am
1: a big time hunter. Um deer hunting, all the stuff. We hunt big game. Um, my husband and I, we actually got our elk tag this year in Colorado. Uh so we're Ooh. we're gearing up and getting ready to go to a elk hunt. And we also got our bear tag. Um, so going to to Colorado to do that, that takes up a lot of time. Um at my house. We live on five acres. And so at my house, we before we even built our house, uh, we built a shooting range at the back of the property. Um, so so that's a lot of what we do. I have this little necklace here now. Let's see. Um, you can see it's, oh, wait, that's the wrong one. I have too many necklaces on. <laughs> it's, um, a pistol, which is just so funny. Oh my gosh. Why isn't it turning? Oh, cute. I'm trying to see. Anyways, um, shooting, hunting, all of that, um, something that I, I do a lot, something that I, um, find to be a good time well spent, shall we say, especially in the position that I'm in
0: now, <laughs> self-defense yes, is all you Get necessary. a lot, of, get a lot of that aggression out, <laughs>
1: Totally. Um, so we do bow hunting, all the stuff. So, so hunting, um, especially
0: in this season has taken up a lot of my outside time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So my last question, something I was really excited to ask you about, and then I realized that it was a myth. Uh, I read on the internet the other day that you won 8 million bucks from a defamation lawsuit from Whoopi Goldberg. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Riley's a millionaire. How incredible. <laughs> uh, and then I found out that it was untrue. Uh, so the question cuz i i don't know how much money you actually have in your account but point is if you did make 8 million dollars from a defamation lawsuit which would i'm sure i'm sure they exist out there where you could uh what would you do with 8 million dollars ooh
1: i don't know um what would i do with 8 million dollars i've been this whole really this whole past year and a half um i truly have been selfless in terms of um not thinking about myself not um, of course, this isn't for personal advancement, because who in the world would want to go into politics? Uh, you have to be crazy to voluntarily want to do that. So this isn't about personal advancement. Um, I think people think mm-hmm. you make money by going on Fox News, and they think you make money uh, by doing these things, um, which is is crazy. I get told all the time that I'm paid by the GOP. It's like, who from the GOP would be paying yeah. me? Please give me their contact <laughs> information, because I would love to talk to them.
0: Same. Um, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So so I I think people are are silly to think that. Um but what I would do with with 8 million dollars um as I said, I am very passionate about service and giving back. I um and not to give some cliche answer here. Um I really I, I still am the Special Olympics head coach of um the swim team of Tennessee. Um I won the Sullivan Award oh, nice. at University of Kentucky which is the highest humanitarian honor um, not even just for female athletes. I was the one student chosen at the entire University of Kentucky for the Sullivan Award. I was the SEC Community Service Leader of the wow. year. So, um, World World Down Syndrome Day is approaching in a couple of weeks, and so I have a lot of events planned on this day. Um, so those things really do matter to me, um, and so I would I would mm-hmm. certainly find a way to give it back, um, maybe to an organization, a, a women girls organization who has taken a stance on this issue and 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 fighting for women. And who has made their their stance clear, that's something that just speaks to me and i would I would love to help contribute in that way um, so so it wow. would probably be in some form of service.
0: Well, I think it's really important that you just mentioned those things because I think there's probably a lot of people out there who want to make the assumption, uh, the, the negative people out there who would say, oh, she's just doing this to be in the spotlight and, you know, she's just doing this to be hateful. You know, I, I think it's clear your life has always been dedicated to service. Uh, this is who you were before you even entered into this fight, uh, before it was even an issue that you decided to put on your shoulders and take on single-handedly. Now, thankfully, you have more allies, hopefully more to come. Uh, but I think that's fantastic. Uh, I am so thankful for everything that you do as a woman. Uh, I'm thankful for what you do. I'm thankful that you are doing what you can to protect what we have built. And I hope that it just paves the way for even more progress to be made in this realm. And not only that, but you know, you're know you going to give some of that money away to, to charity to, to do your part, to help out. But I also say uh, to your hubby, Uh, we need to get this girl a spa day. She needs to relax, she needs to unwind. Uh, So if the $8 million does come into the fray, or I don't even think you need $8 million to go enjoy the spa, I think you should go relax uh, and take a little bit of uh, me time to decompress because you sure have earned it. Uh, But Riley, that's all the time we have. I'm so happy to have had more time to talk to you because whenever I see you, it's like quick here and there. So this was wonderful, and uh, I look forward to many more conversations with you.
1: And you too. Um, There is no one else I would rather spend Feminist Friday with. So thank you very much, Charlie. Ah,
0: I love it. Okay, well, you take care. Safe travels and uh, keep fighting the good fight, Riley. And you. Thank you. Outkick the Morning we will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Uh, amazing. Uh, why is Riley the coolest girl in the world? And she's only 23 years old. She makes me feel like I, I mean, I know this is silly to say, but she, she makes me feel like I could accomplish so much more in my life. She has done so much in such a short period of time and it is just so inspiring to see. So everybody, uh, if this encourages you, inspires you to go out and do something a little extra today, uh, I'm here for it, and I'm so thankful to each and every one of you for being here today. Uh, we're calling it Feminine Friday because Riley, of course, was on, but to all the also men out there, uh, I thank you for everything that you do, uh, to all the other women, thank you for what you do. Uh, we are all here just trying to work together and get through this uh I would say sometimes difficult life together, but uh, let's make the most of it. Everybody, that's all we've got. Hit the subscribe button. We've got another great show coming up for you on Monday. Also hit like, leave a comment, come find me on social media, at Charlie on TV, and that is going to do it. Everybody, happy Friday, enjoy the weekend, and I will see you right here on Monday morning.
1: Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At Outkick, find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at outkick.com slash bet.